1: Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. On. You are listening to The Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Joel, you're looking good today, man. Uh, yeah, I need a haircut. Huh? No, you, you know what, man? I really love the afro. Why don't you go back to that, man? I'm married. Huh? No, I, okay, for the, for the listeners who don't know, so Joel is white but you know some white people have like this textured hair of of thickness
0: i went to a dermatologist once who said i had black man's hair
1: yeah but there you and, go and, and and it's the thickness it's the consistency where like i i thought it was you know i thought he was just you know um being rude but he, his hair actually can grow into
0: an afro um so i thought that would be it, cool. it only lasts for an afro for a bit and then it gets too heavy and just falls okay all right but, well
1: hey i mean but again again you know you got to do you got to do with the if wife if i grew up my wife would. yeah okay no no don't 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 do that don't do that you know what i mean i don't want to ruin the sex life <laughs> right it's just a turn off no hey it's a turn off oh. when your wife ain't doing what you like and you you know what i mean so uh that's what it is man
0: so, all right so a couple of weeks ago darnell's trolling twitter and just keeps following this hashtag more canadians ends up sending me four articles um, all about the census data. Um, the one we, we're going to talk about today is the, the Globe and Mail one, Census 2016. Uh, we also looked at a CBC article, a Vancouver Sun article, and uh, I think a, was it was a Globe and Mail, a well? oh, National Post. Um, and, and the National Post uh, headline is, is pretty telling. More Canadians living alone than ever before as the family life undergoes systemic shifts Census. So, um, there's a couple things in the the the, the census information that we're gonna kind of pass on, um, not because they're not important or they're not significant to Canadians, um, but because I, I would say the trends aren't as uh, drastic of a change. Um, for example, language diversity on the rise. We're we're super multicultural here, um, so that's not surprising. Bilingualism. I can speak English. Bilingualism. Yes, you can. <laughs> grows um went from it only went up slightly um but and the last one uh same-sex couples obviously with same-sex marriage being legal in the last 20 or 15 years which is what the data covers the the number of couples has increased um mm-hmm. so again not that these aren't important issues but they're not as significant and um therefore we just thought we'd focus on the, the more significant changes
1: right right Right, and uh, the reason why I sent these to you and I got excited um, because I, you know, I love numbers as as a basketball coach and a statistics guy, um, not as a mathematician, <laughs> but um, I believe you know numbers can tell us a lot. Um, so when I look at it, um, when I look at these numbers, I'm I'm definitely seeing principles, and in fact, um, I see myself, and I think to our listeners, you should also see yourself within the census data as well. Uh, so, um the The key thing that stood out in in most of all the um, all the postings were the individual supersedes the family, and this is in regards to household, not just you know a single person walking the street by themselves, but a person who has their own household, mm-hmm. um, and is financially able to sustain themselves. Um, there, this is for the first time ever in the history of Canada that the individual. Um, has um, outranked the family.
0: Yeah. So looking at a span of 55 years, the stats went from 7.4 uh, single one-person households in 1951 to 28.2 in mm-hmm. in 2016. And as you said, that being the largest category. Right,
1: right. Um, and now, now let's apply economics to these numbers, right? So um, one of the basic economic principles is looking at uh, – cause and effect and why 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 is uh the the individual um rising above the family and and what does that tell us so first of all who is the individual the individual is the um individual the person who is 65 and over not 20 to 34 because
0: the ones who are like 20 to or 34 or 35 are the ones at home yeah i mean you're talking you know they're uh one of the other big things that jump out is they're talking about the number there's an increase in the number of 24 20 to 34 year olds living at home with their parents right right so i would inc- my my first inclination would have been that would be the group driving yes yes I, I thought the same right? thing that as was well. my expectation right um and we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more um because mm. that's you know one of the other big topics right? yeah um, right. but but in terms of you know single person households the one thing to remember too is we're talking Households. Um, there, the, the CBC article actually pointed out that um, if you were to look at the same time period for adult population now live alone in 1951, that went from 1.8 to 13.9. Mm-hmm. So obviously, slightly different proportion of the population. Um, but I mean, it's still. You think about the number of housing, and especially in Toronto, or where mm-hmm. we live, or near where we live. There's a, you know. a A shortfall of housing but if 30 percent of the houses are one individual Mm -hmm. or homes are one individual it's kind of interesting it's kind of in you know right right and we're looking at like okay these people so
1: one of the reasons why these individuals are on their own is they have uh they have separated or divorced uh from their spouse so it's just them and this is usually for people like like around their 60s and 65 Yeah, they're talking about
0: baby boomers. Yeah, baby boomers having an increase in divorce right. and living
1: alone. Right. and and of course um empty nesters that are also known as for their kids who have moved on and are living on their own. Cool. Right? So I, I, at this point you're kind of looking at like okay, so this is this is the the singles who have um Lots
0: yeah. of life experience.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and also lots of um,
0: available income. Yeah, yeah, cause, right. I mean, and and that's one of the big things the article talks about is, you know, the the empowerment of women, right? Yeah. The ability to, you know, you look at obviously 1951 to today, right? right? Like the number of women that that can essentially arrive. be on their own. Yeah, and and that's uh, uh, that is a great thing. Right. right. To allow women to make better decisions. Right. But the question becomes, is more people living on their own really better? Right.
1: No, no. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's pretty deep because, yeah, like you said, the whole feminist idea um, or not, I wouldn't even call it a feminist idea. I, th- I think it's I think it's just um, a good thing that women can now be independent. Be able to do their own thing. Now, mind you, one of the things that that stood out was um, in Barbara Mitchell, a professor of sociology and gerontology at Simon Fraser University in British Columbia, said much of the trend toward living alone can be attributed to greater individualism and changing gender roles. So we see here how i how ideology still kind of plays a role in it as well. That you know, there's a new identity for women and there's a new identity for men so women can essentially say okay well look what do i need a man for like not even to have kids
0: because you could just do in vitro right so what are men good for so
1: it, it's it's easy for women to separate from that now so yeah
0: I, i'm i'm assuming you're you're not necessarily classifying women to have that ideology but now they are empowered to if they yeah. want to they're allowed to right they can function Fully autonomous, right, right, and now, and now the question we becomes, don't have that same luxury, right, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, because
1: you know the fellas can't live without the ladies. <laughs> boo boo. Anyways, so what? What the question you brought was:
0: Is living alone better?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is and it necessarily better than one better than two? And and I think you know if you're looking at it from a perspective of what you just said, one better than two. I don't know that you could ever say that literally living on your own is better than living in community, right? Like living in community has such a, such a benefit, right? Especially when you have people who, who are willing to sacrifice for themselves for you, right? Like we all have needs that sometimes we can't meet on our own, right? But if you're looking at the question in a slightly different way, not to say that we won't come back to that, but from this perspective of, is it easier to live in community today while living on your own than it was Historically, like the 1950s. Okay, so what would you say then? Well, I mean, just thinking if I lived out in the woods because I wanted to be a hunter, but I had access to internet, I now can live in community. Maybe I could Skype with people all the time. Maybe I have an easier ability. Like, I don't have to send mail and hope that it comes back in two months or whatever. I can literally communicate with people immediately, be like, hey, you want to come visit me? Now, the communication to set up the visit is minutes versus months. right Right. so so having a greater or a lower friction to communicate while living on your own would i would think reduce some of the negative impacts of living on your own in comparison to the time frames um but but in, in a simpler term living in isolation is just as bad today as it was 100 years ago okay but with all the technology well but that's the point why i use the word isolation Okay. Because you're essentially still isolated, even though you have access to this technology, you're choosing to isolate yourself.
1: huh. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I I see what you're saying. Um, but I, yeah, I I see what you're saying. But I but personally, statistically speaking, two is still better than one. Uh, and there was a report uh, also on the Globe and Mail that talked about this. And it said that retired couples can take advantage of pension income Sorry, Retired couples can take advantage of pension income splitting where a higher income spouse or common law partner shares up to half of his or her pension with the lower income spouse or partner to reduce their taxes. So the payments from a registered pension can or pension plan can be split before age sixty-five or later while payments from a registered retirement income fund or registered retirement savings plan can be split to, at 65 or an older. And then the other part from Ms. Gray, who's a financial planner with Money Coaches Canada, said a single person would typically qualify for a smaller mortgage than a, cu- than a couple, which limits the ability to buy in, in an expensive house In house markets such as Vancouver or Toronto.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, just think of it in the sense of, you know, your own. For I mean, you're talking about the mortgage, you're talking about the taxes side, but just think about personally speaking, right? Like if you live with another person and two of you are viable to make money, one of you being unable to find job is less of a risk than if you're by yourself. Right. Right. Like being unemployed when you live by yourself is so much more of a risk. Right. Right. And again, I mean, comes back to that idea of community. Right. I mean, if you have a community around you, then maybe you have the ability to move out of your place and go move in with someone else. Right. Right.
1: Right. Even like when we look at the 20 to 34 year olds who live at home uh, and who are. uh, I don't want to stereotype nobody. Gamers (laughs) uh, living in the basement. Shots fired. Shots fired no but no i'm still no but seriously though ain't nothing wrong with gaming i'm I'm just saying that um there's a point where um you have to put down uh the playstation controller and then go outside and
0: find somebody yeah you don't want to be turned into a green troll because you're in the basement all day long right and
1: and and it's and it's just one of those things where um meeting people and making a commitment uh, to live together and to make plans for the future. Because yes, um, it is better, two is better than one financially to move forward, right? So it's, it's pretty deep when, once you start to really look at um, how these things work. And part of it is I, I felt like the articles kind of were misleading in that sense. So mm-hmm. we've already defined that the singles are not young people um, who are choosing to um, to move out of their parents' place, to move out of their be parents' independent. place, right? Be independent and um, start a family. But uh, they're ba- baby boomers um, who have their kids who have left the nest empty and nesters. right, empty nesters. And I guess you know they've chosen uh, to be separate, or they've divorced because you know of unforeseen circumstances. So here, so here we are looking no. at that group, and we're saying, okay, well. So ne- so necessarily the family isn't losing because the, the, the sentiment I get or the agenda I feel like is being pushed is that the family is losing.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Be- yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I-, I didn't really necessarily see that as much as I saw them kind of diminishing the concerns around more people living alone. Like, I mean, you look at today's society and I know there's hundreds of factors towards this, but like depression and mental illness being... Maybe it's more diagnosed, but, mm-hmm. but it's definitely more common today. Yeah, yeah
1: but, but I, I would say it's like, okay, so the single life is the life to live. Because when you look at Toronto, right, we got a lot of singles. We got a, we got a really uh, vibrant nightlife, beautiful condos that are built for a single person.
0: Majority, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so, you know, you have, you have this uh, aura around being um, single and on your own and not being tied down with the responsibility of a family. Mm-hmm. Right. So, the, so that, that's the kind of image you get when you think, okay, singles are winning. You're like, yeah, of course. Look at Toronto. Look at, um, look at culture and what we see. Right. Most yeah. 20 to 35 year olds are at home living with their parents. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Oh, and and I mean, I would say a lot of them have this attitude, like I have to buy a place, I can't rent, and so there's like, I gotta wait until I can buy, right? So I gotta gotta stay at home and save money, right. if possible, right? And and I mean, I would say to some extent they're living a single lifestyle without the responsibilities, right, 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 totally. And um, I remember listening to an episode
1: of the briefing with the big homie Big Al Molar holding it down. And uh, he was uh, giving a breakdown of the incorrect thinking that people have about coming together. So people think that um, we build wealth apart. That's why people aren't dating. They're saying, okay, look, I'm going to get my stuff straight. I'm going to get into my profession. I'm going to clear up my student loan debt. I'm going to save this money. And then I'm going to get into a relationship. So I'm going to have all my ducks in a row. And that's how we expect to meet um, our partner. But Al Molar is saying, well, no. Well, statistics are showing that we built wealth together. So, yeah. we, so, so we come together broke. And you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, We come together broke. And we're like, okay, look, this is my sin and this is my debt, right? Those things go together, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and well, then you're kind of saying, okay, look, um, you go to school. In the meantime, finish up what you're doing. And I'm going to pay, pay down your side and then we'll reverse and switch it. Yeah. And, and, and and that's the quickest and most efficient way uh, to build wealth as a couple as opposed to a part. So yeah. to, all, to all the singles out there, yeah, man, just, just don't be afraid to, you know, show your credit score. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just pray first Ugh. and,
0: you know. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, I think of it the other, like, part of it too is, like, if you come in with a good-paying job, you know, now, you know, obviously just based on the biology, you know, the man... Has to work while the woman's raising the, the a kid for the first little bit, yeah. you know. Um, the opportunity cost for that woman to stay out of the workforce is much higher. The significant where I'm going with this is that you're more like the the number of kids we have in the Western society is is declining. Versus, mm-hmm. you know, you look at like the Middle East, where we're still having like 12 kids at times. Mm-hmm. And and the significance is. There was a tweet by the um, Tesla, the guy I don't remember his name. I'm a loser, but um, he basically said, like, he tweeted out this article that was talking about the our our cultures imploding in seventy years because we're not even replacing ourselves.
1: Right, right. But but that goes to the sentiment of the anti-family right? And being anti-family. And I think it's important to make sure that we're defining family properly. So uh, Statistics Canada defines the family as this. There are at at least eight different family categories, some so complex that officials had to develop a flowchart just to start explaining what they're talking about. At its (laughs) most basic level, Statistics Canada defines a family as a couple with or without children, married or common law, or a lone parent with at least one child in the same house. In other words, it takes at least two people to make a family. Beyond that, almost anything goes. There are skip generation families, intact families, simple step families complex step families opposite sex families and same sex families so there they're using a definition of the family can be anything which I, I think means nothing i think it's important like god created the first institution which is the family which is the foundation of all society and i think we have to define that and get that right so when we so so when the when the scriptures define family it starts with a man and a woman so when you get married that's a family there, yes, the purpose is to have a child, but even if you don't have a child, you're still a family. And the reason why that matters, Joel, is because once a man and a woman meet and they get married, there's a commitment there rather than um, uh, becoming common-law or dating. And that's the difference between dating and being married. There's a commitment there. Yep. In that, in that um, yeah, it, 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 it gives stability to that relationship right mm. cuz you you can't just leave it shows oh. and i would say
0: more generically it gives stability to the responsibilities
1: yes yes it, it it gives stability so so we know like there's the financial commitment as a married couple we're like okay look we're not just one physically now but we're one financially when you're when you're a boyfriend and girlfriend yo that's my side of the bed that's your side of the bed who touched my crackers why are you going through my phone it's just yeah, like yes, yes, you, yes, you're you're, you're <laughs> shacking up. Crackers. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you, you what what's mine is mine, right? Yeah, yeah. It's contract versus covenant, right? So so a marriage is is the covenant is giving up your rights, and then um uh, a contract is protecting your rights. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So 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 there there's a big difference in defining those things that the family is for. Is for children, and it's for and it's better for society as opposed yeah. to a boy and a girlfriend who who have sex on um occasionally and happen to live in the same place. Like no, I don't want to um go too far off, but I I heard, I, I heard a story where um a, a woman lived with her boyfriend and he wouldn't pay a bill for her because his bill was his his stuff was his stuff and her stuff for her stuff, and she really needed help, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't help her. So, you know, I, in my head, I'm thinking like, yo, girl, like, how are you having, how are you sleeping with the man and, and the man's not covering a bill? You're playing the, all wrong. Yeah, yo, it's a waste, man. Yo, yo. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, but, but yeah. with all, yeah. But, with well, all. I the, mean, with, on that
0: point, right? Like one of the things that, that the stats really point out was the, the increase in common law unions, right? right? So, I mean, some of the numbers go from 1981, which was 6.3% to 21.3% in 2016. The crazy numbers though, are none of it was 50%. Quebec is 40%. Right. You know, there's a couple other provinces, uh Northwest Territories and Yukon in the 30s as well. And I mean, you know, the Globe and Mail basically said the fi- fi- family dynamics of Canadians are changing. While married couples still account for the majority of unions, more than a fifth of Canadian couples lived in a common-law situation in 2016. And you know, it's to your point I think there You know, the question that we have with all the numbers trending to be less valuing the family and not not to say like we're just purely talking about the nuclear family, um, because obviously there's scenarios where, you know, you just need more than than that in the sense of like, oh, I got to take care of my parents and I I live with my parents. Right. Like they they now live with me so that I can take care of them or, you know, a spouse dies. And you need help to take care of the kid, you know, like things like that, you know, obviously we want to, inco- like, we want to have a terminology for family that's encompassing some of the nuances, mm-hmm. but, but to your point, if we just expand it to include everything, it's now saying, do we really value it? And, and I think the question that I have here is secondarily to that. And along the same lines is, okay, do we really value a, co- a marriage covenant? Right.
1: Okay. What do, what do you mean?
0: Well, so with common law, there's no covenant, there's no commitment in the same manner. It's just simply like, oh, financially now, you can't screw me for half.
1: Right, right. <laughs> and, 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 there's, and there's no security in that. And like it's hard to raise kids in that kind of environment. And it's hard to invest when, yes, it's, yes, you can say I love you, but even then, it's just words without some kind of symbolic action. I know before I was married and not in Christ. The way I would play my cards as, as a man in a relationship was, look, you can't talk to me that way because you'll be replaced, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? And, and in the sense that you're saying like, okay, look, man, like, you can do whatever you want. And it's hard to build a foundation um, of security when there is no commitment there. And therefore, you can't give back as a couple um, to a child as efficiently as you can or to society as you can. Now, I'm sure there's, there's common law uh, relationships that, you know, they have tons of kids and um, well, they're, and I think what thing. you're getting at
0: is their commitment is potentially the same as two people who are married. Right. Right. Because to them, like I, you know, I have a family member that was married once, mm-hmm. had to get divorced because of, un, you know, unforeseen circumstances mm-hmm. and then didn't want to get married again because mm-hmm. it didn't have the same significance mm-hmm. and is now in a common law union that, that, I I would say has more commitment than me and my brothers who all have been married for less than 10 years Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and be, you know, they've been together for like 20 years or something. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I think that there is some of this, I mean, the question I have is how much of this, I mean, obviously none of it's a, you know, outlier and, and clearly the valuing of marriage from a paper perspective is totally gone there. But the question is, what's the commitment, right? How many people are in common law relationships for, a, you know percentage of time longer than people are married right mm-hmm. to me that would indicate like if we had that statistic mm-hmm. right what's the length of these common law relationships yeah that would start to indicate maybe the value of the commitment mm-hmm. for society is just i don't care about the government paperwork anymore
1: right 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 and and, and again again and it's one of those points where yeah it's a symbol and i think that the articles can be misleading that's what i want to say. It can be misleading that the family's losing. The family's not losing because the family will always be there. And God created the family, right? So it's always going to be there. It's always going to exist. But we want to make sure that um, we can be mindful of it. So like, what I want the listener to take away from all this is when you look at the census report, see yourself in it because you filled it out right and 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 we can foresee foreshadow where we're going to be so for those people who are 20 to 34 you want to say to yourself like shoot yo how did i become another statistic how did i end up here well student loan debt right i'm not taking the right program that your mom told you to take when you went to Sheridan, but instead you wanted to be a cool guy and take the course that you wanted to take. So it's one of those points where you're saying, okay, look, I got to change what I got to do so I don't become a statistic. For those people who are at the top, um, baby boomers, and saying, okay, wow, look, most of us are single now. Well, I better make sure that I do what I need to do to make sure that I am not a statistic.
0: Yeah. Right? I, I would say, you know, again, I mean, I've been talking to you about this point for a while, is like, you know, this isn't, you know, looking at different articles, they're not objective reporting, mm-hmm. right? Like they're, they're presenting the statistics in a manner that is in compliance with their ideologies and, and rep, And to your point, like read different articles on this to see the data in different people's light, because you're like, oh, the family's not winning, but I'm telling you, I, I think it is winning because I mean, essentially it's, an, it's the institution of survival for our culture, right? Yeah. Like if we, if we don't procreate and have kids, our we will implode as that, mm-hmm. you know, that article that uh, Tesla guy quoted mm-hmm. fail. Can you remember a second time? But for me, I th- I think, you know, digging into some of the quantitative stuff is really difficult for people. And so maybe well, that's why you're here. Yeah. But also, I would say, listen to someone like us. If we d- totally disagree with you, if you don't have the same view of marriage as we do look at us as as the opposite side of the discussion to go okay maybe i can look at these numbers more objectively by hearing someone from one side and someone from the other and going okay they all have their own bent they all have their own perspective so i'm not just going to listen to the people with my perspective because i'm just having confirmation bias
1: yeah but but just listen to six cents report my two cents
0: my two cents and your two cents (laughs)